The Cougars are back. Play fake. Wilson on the seam. Caught by Bushman. 10-5. Touchdown, Cougars! Two hours away from the kickoff BYU football. Play fake for Wilson. A deep drop. Goes for the back right pylon of the end zone. He's got a touchdown, and the Cougars open up on top. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also proudly supported by Kingarf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley. It is a beautiful Saturday morning on this, the 21st day of September, and it's always a good day for some Cougar football here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium as we sit here inside Cougar Canyon. I'm Ben Bagley alongside fellow Cash Valley native, former BYU QB, and radio analyst for BYU football, Riley Nelson. Riley, you ready for some football? You bet I am. I, the season, to me, the season doesn't really start until there's some dusting of snow on the mountains. There is. You've got that Check. crisp coolness in the air, which we definitely got today. Yes, I'm freezing. And uh, and as you look up there, the leaves are starting to churn. So oh. we're, we're in the thick of things. I couldn't be more excited. The, the beautiful part about this is, is, is I had a high school football coach, and every day, regardless of the weather, he'd say, it's a beautiful day for some football. 90 degrees, 30 degrees didn't matter. But when it got to about this time, where it's about 50 degrees, 60 degrees. He was actually right. He was right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is, this is perfect football weather. And you know what? BYU Cougars, they're ready for some football after beating both Tennessee and USC in back-to-back weeks. BYU is receiving votes in the AP poll, finding themselves seven spots out of the top 25. But if the Cougars want to crack into the top 25 this week, and by the way, after last night and some stuff that's going to go on today, that door will be open. They're going to have to beat their second straight-ranked team as the 22nd-ranked Washington Huskies are in town, like BYU, with a 2-1 record. Riley, once again, the eyes of college football are upon Lavelle Edwards Stadium as the game is being broadcast on ABC and ESPN. Can the Cougars make it three straight? I really like their chances. I think... uh as I've studied Washington Huskies, my opinion is they're pro- they are the best opponent, we've complete opponent that we've played since uh, the opener against Utah. And we all know how that game went. It was kind of full of Cougar errors, and we didn't really get to see the, the full shot against them. So I think uh, today, if the Cougars continue the recent trend of playing clean football, being stingy defensively, and then coming up big in the clutch, uh, I think they can make it three straight, and they will – earn and warrant that national attention and maybe some of those uh, votes and rankings that you just mentioned well it's gonna be interesting it's based off of usc beating utah last night in la which was kind of an entertaining and fun game to watch but that having seen two teams that byu's played battle it out now now it's like okay you're starting to learn who these teams are and how good these teams really are and then you get this chance to do it again tonight or today, this afternoon. Sorry, this afternoon. Love these afternoon games right. against Washington, against another Pac-12 opponent, seeing what the Cougars can do in, the, in this venue. Uh, let's move on. Let's get on to – hey, it's, it's about numbers, Riley. And before we talk about the Cougars facing the Huskies, let's – three things you need to know brought to you by the number two. First, number one, second straight week, BYU will host a top 20 ranked Pac-12 team. Riley, when you look at this and you, the BYU, you get these Pac-12 opponents, regional-type opponents, what does that mean for a player when you're facing a team that's in that, the western region with you? Well, it's it's an opportunity that you absolutely want to take advantage of and, ca- and cash in on. I think 
there's so much made in college football now between the P5 and G5 and have not, and then there's debates going on about, about where BYU is an independent falls with no conference affiliation. So, and, and there are some, and it is kind of split. There are some who thinks BYU maybe more aligns with the G5 teams currently and, and others with P5, but uh, taking care of business today, again, against another Pac-12 opponent, having already beat an SEC and a ranked Pac-12 opponent, getting another one under your belt, I think at least for this season and for the you know immediate future, the Cougars can solidify them the respect that they deserve. Second thing you need to know is for the second straight week, BYU will be hosting a team who's playing their first road game of the year. How big of a factor is that for the Huskies? You know, this University of Washington team, as we all remember the game from last year where they had one of the best defenses in the country, uh, that defense is all gone. They Seven guys went to the NFL either graduating or left early. And so that means that here we are in week four, and they have they actually have nine starters on the defensive end who are making their first road start. Now, we are week four, so they've at least got some volume of play, but everything's different on the road. It's not the same locker room, the travel schedule, the hotel schedule. All of those things have kind of turned their world upside down, and so those would be some maybe subconscious adjustments that they'll have to make, and if the Cougars come out ready and start fast, they could take advantage of it. And number three for the second straight week, the, once again, the number two, BYU finds themselves playing on ABC in an early afternoon game with a lot of people watching. As a player, do you take note of that? No question, especially when you get that ABC game. You know, back in the day, and we're representing people back who can't in the see day, us because yes. we're not on radio, but we've got our fedoras. We're repping the, uh, you know, the old school Y, which those that uh, have a chance to see photos and video of the game will see. The game on ABC was the national game of the week. That was the only chance that the whole country had to play, had to see college football. Obviously, the landscape has changed from a broadcast perspective, but it's still a big deal to be broadcast to a national audience. ABC for the vast majority of the country, and then even ESPN, too, for, for the other half. So everyone's got a chance to see eyeballs on you. And as a player, not only do you want the fans and those who follow college football to know, but you also know GM, scouts, and NFL teams are watching. And so you that's definitely in the back of your minds, adding that extra motivation to come out and play well. Yeah, just in case, Cougar Nation, whether you're watching uh, in L.A. or New York, basically the breakdown is, is if you're west of the Mississippi, you're on AS, you watch the game on ABC today. If you're east of the Mississippi, ESPN2 is the place to watch the game. Or just well, listen right here on BYU Radio. That's right, Radio. stick here with us. You want to listen to Greg and Riley. I may be biased, but I think we do a pretty good job. You do a very, better than pretty good. You do really good. <laughs> hey, coming up, we'll hear from BYU's leading receiver, Micah, Micah Simon, in Shep Talk. But next, we'll hear from Kalani Sataki, Gunnar Romney, and Lorenzo Fautea in Cougar Cuts. This is Cougar Pregame Live on BYU on the BYU Newski and BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley alongside Riley. Nelson as we broadcast live from Cougar Canyon just outside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium as BYU gets ready to host the 22nd ranked Washington Huskies. Uh, it's time for Cougar Cuts. It sounds easy to say, but you'll be, you'll be successful if you don't turn the ball over. But it's true. BYU has forced four turnovers on defense and on offense committed zero turnovers in their past two games. And not surprisingly, the Cougars are 2-0 in those contests. Head coach Kalani Sataki discussed why things have changed in that aspect since game one. I think the players having just being mindful of it. I think you talk to them; they'll say that, that that's something that we really are pushing as a as a program. You know, to take care of the football and try to create more turnovers, and that's 
a big part of the game. Other than the score, I think it's really important. So um, at the same time, I want our guys to still be aggressive, you know, and it's taking necessary risks. But we're all still learning and all trying to get better, and, and uh, I don't th- think they need to be perfect when they play the game. But uh, And I think there's other ways to make up for mistakes, like effort and energy and things like that. And it's been really cool to see our guys, the players, really at the forefront of it all. I'm having a lot of fun watching them lead and, and grow as, as, a, as, a, as a team. We've heard Kalani say this before, but outside the final score, turnovers might be the biggest, most important number in a game of football. No question. I, I would agree with that for sure. And one of the things that makes me so encouraged about this football team is they learned from week one. They didn't have any self-pity. They didn't feel sorry for themselves. They realized that in that game, if they don't turn the ball over and give up two defensive touchdowns, the complexion of that game is completely different, including giving them a, a chance to beat their rival and break a streak. So they've adjusted to that. They've moved on. They've made the corrections. And if they can continue to do that each week, learning from the prior game and getting that much better, it could turn into a special season. The offense has been in rhythm since late in the fourth quarter at Tennessee. Instead of focusing on one or two receivers, Zach Wilson has spread the wealth, getting contributions from all over the field. Sophomore Gunner, receiver Gunnar Romney believes that it's become a huge advantage. It's awesome just knowing we have tons of different weapons, and so we can we can score and we can make plays from tons of different places. And so it's it's cool as like a receiver knowing that whenever your opportunity is called, you can go out and make a play. And so it's not just one guy we're going to all the time. So you can you can really step up, and when your opportunity comes, you have an opportunity to make a big play. Last week, BYU twelve different players caught passes. That's an amazing number. You know, BYU does reside in the great state of Utah, which is in the great country of the United States of America, the world's greatest democracy. <laughs> that kind of distribution on offense is about as democratic and American of a thing as I, as I can uh, think of. And so I really love to see it. It really makes it hard for defenses to prepare for this BYU offense. And I, it, so far it's been a formula for success, so I expect it to continue. Yeah, Zach Wilson in a very giving mood last week for at sure. Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU's philosophy on defense has been described as bend but don't break. Defensive tackle Lorenzo Fautea believes that the team's confidence in each other is its biggest strength. We're all doing our role individually. Like as a position, of course, like we're, we're a defense, but everybody's sticking to the role and trusting, trusting their technique, trusting our coaches, what what they're giving us, and our game plan going into that week. You know, from Monday, how we install. Tuesday, we watch the film, and we install from there. And Wednesday, we kind of like finalize it and then practice from there and Thursday it's just all like a walkthrough set and just like the strength of it is that we trust each other you know like yeah we have young players here and there in different positions but we trust them and we trust the coaches and giving them their ability to play their position and you know look what happened you know we, we did it you know so I think that's the strength is that we trust each other. I don't know if we'll see the same defensive game plan as we saw last week against USC, but that trust was on display last week where they did with a three-man rush, zone coverage, dropping eight, trusting that every member of that defense would do their job and do it well. I expect to see more of the same that we saw last week because if you, when you watch the film of, of – Washington against Hawaii where they put up a bunch of points. Hawaii got burned every time they were in man coverage. You know, this trust has been a big theme every time we've heard from the defensive staff, coaches, and players, including from Kalani himself. I, being, you mentioned, since you mentioned it in the open, I'm going to reference it here again, but being from Logan High, another fellow alumni of Logan High's Hall of Fame defensive lineman Merlin Olsen. I once had the chance to hear him speak to us as a player at Logan High, and that was his main theme. His main theme was about you need to become dependable so that the teammates can around around you can trust you. And when all 11 guys are focused on doing their job and have 
100% trust in the guy lining up next to them, then that's when magic can happen. And I think we're seeing flashes of that in this BYU defense. Well, we saw that last week with that trust. Although it was just three guys rushing, the DBs did their job and the defensive linemen did their job, and it worked in cahoots together. And it was a nice outcome where even with that three-man rush, they were able to get pressure at times, and they weren't able to get – they didn't give up the big play when needed. So that was that was a, almost a work of art last week defensively and, and a display of trust. Hey, just like last week against USC, the opposing team's quarterback has the attention of the Cougar defense. Washington junior quarterback Jacob Eason brings a, brings a unique skill set at six foot six. Eason has thrown for 773 yards with seven TDs in his three games this year. Coach Sitaki knows he will be a handful. Big target, strong arm. Looks like he does a good job with his, his progression. And if they feel comfortable with him being a quarterback, then he must be something special. So. Uh, it's another great challenge for our defense, and I'm really excited about the game plan and, and the strategy that we have looking into it. But we are going to have to execute on defense, and, and uh, if we have to go into our depth, then we have to do that and see how they perform. But, yeah, just really excited for this, this chance. For the second straight week, BYU facing a quarterback from the Pac-12 with a lot of hype surrounding them. Last week it was uh, Slovis. Uh, this week it's Eason, who is an SEC transfer from Georgia. What do you expect to see out of this guy? I will say that Eason is far more of a bona fide product than Slovis was. Eason is a kid from Washington, went to Georgia, and had, and really where Georgia has become this playoff the last three or four years, he really started that. He tore his ACL and got replaced by Jake Fromm, and the rest was history. So he transferred back home to UW for an opportunity to play. He has, even coming out of high school, has been recognized as the, one of the top throwers in the country and has maintained that status. And he has been much improved as a passer going from where he, he was about 55% completion percentage down in Georgia to where he's now in the high 60s here for University of Washington. He's the best quarterback that the that the Cougars will have faced up to up to this point in the season, but I think they're ready for the challenge. Again, their scheme is one that if guys just do their job and their assignment, it makes it very hard on the quarterback because windows are not clear. They have to rely heavily on anticipation and accuracy, which for a guy like Eason who would prefer to just stand back there and let the ball fly down the field, uh, it may push him a little bit out of his comfort zone and result in hopefully some of the similar success that uh, BYU had last week against USC. This is called a good radio tease later on in the program. I want to ask you about another factor that may play into it with Jacob Eason today, something that he's not seen before in his college career that he will see today at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We'll talk about that later on Cougar Pregame Live. Uh, we'll hear from, I'll also hear from voice of the Huskies, Tony Castricone uh, in Know the Foe. That's coming up. But next, Micah Simon goes one-on-one with Jason Shepard and Shep Talk. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. Receiver Micah Simon has had a great start to his senior season. He leads the team in receiving yards at 210 and in receptions at 13, not to mention his catch at the end of the Tennessee game will go down in BYU history. Jason Shepard talked with Micah for this week's Shep Talk. And Shep asked the Texas native just how much fun he and his teammates are having right now. This team is having a lot of fun. You know, we, we come out to practice every day, and it's, it's nonstop, you know, laughing and joking. But it's also, you know, business and a lot of learning going on. And, you know, we're, we're a culture of, of love and learning. And, 
and, and laughter, you could say. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just something we, we focus on every day is just, uh, you know, coming out here and, and having fun at work, but you're also learning. Kalani, even in fall camp, was praising the leadership, which I know you're a part of, and how much that's helped this team. How much of that do you think is helping what we're seeing on the field? I'm sure it's helped out a lot. You know, there's there's been a lot of leadership on this team, and I think that was part of the reason why Coach, um, you know, didn't really want to vote for captains because there's just so much leadership on this team. We have a lot of captains on this team that 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 just lead in different ways and and lead and you know, in their small groups, small position groups, offense and defense, special teams, and it's just something that uh, has really helped us and it's really uh, just been player led and and self accountable and just kind of where you know we see things kind of go on in practice or outside of practice and and players you know hop on it and, and kind of shut it down or or uh, or help each other out and and everything doesn't have to come from a coach where do you think the offense turned the corner obviously your catch at Tennessee really jump-started things and the way you guys played in overtime and then that carried over to USC where do you think this team has made its its biggest jump offensively to get to where you are right now um you know I really can't pinpoint a game or, or anything and and to be honest I, I really think it was the offseason you know we, you know we, we for sure had a tough game week one but you know we stuck with it and we knew all the work that we put in throughout the offseason to to be able to come out and have a successful season you know we just had to continue to to keep clicking and continue to keep working working together and uh you know we knew we knew things would start to go in the right direction for us on a personal level for you leading the team in receiving and and it's not even just the yards that impresses me the most about what you're doing what impresses me the most is when you're getting the catches, so many of your catches have been for first downs, and a lot of them have been on third down. How how pleased are you with the way your season has personally started? It's been fine. You know, I've I just come out here um, to do anything I can to help the team. Um, and you know, if that's one catch or five catches, ten catches, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, whatever whatever my role is that week, I'll I'll uh, try to thrive thrive in that and uh, just put put uh, put ourselves in a, in the best position to win. We've seen, and I think last game was a perfect example of it, not just you, but Dax and Talon and Gunner. Everybody's getting involved in this. I've got to imagine when you can throw that many weapons out there and everybody's producing, it is an absolute nightmare for the opposing team. It's so much fun seeing those guys, uh, you know, catch catch passes, catch touchdowns, and make big plays. You know, I, I, I'm i their biggest fan. Um, they know that. They, they come off the field, and I'm the first one there, you know, hyping them up and and uh, talking in their ear, and uh, that's that's the type of brotherhood we have, you know, in our receiver room. We're we're a tight knit tight knit group, and uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't uh, want to go to battle with any other guys. What do you remember from last year's game at Washington? Uh, it was just a tough tough game, you know. Um, they were uh, they were able to kind of get up on us quick, and uh, you know, we could really never find ourselves on offense. But we have a great game plan this this year, and. Uh, you know, we have a lot of confidence and, and a lot of belief in ourselves, and uh, we're, we're excited to go out here and play uh, play at home in front of Cougar Nation. There have been a couple people that brought up, this is very similar to when Wisconsin came in here and won, and then you guys had a chip on your shoulder, went to Wisconsin, beat them. Is it similar where you guys didn't like the way that you performed up there, and now you have an opportunity to kind of rectify that? Not really. I, I don't. I, I really haven't even thought about last year's game. Um you know we're all we're all bought in on this season, all focused on this game and this team um, that we're playing. Uh, it's a different team than last year, and uh, we're just focusing on them, and uh, we'll be ready to go. What do you see from them defensively? They're fairly similar to what you saw last year. What stands out to you when you look at the film of this Husky defense? 
Yeah, they have a really great defense, a really great scheme, um, kind of similar to, to a few NFL defenses. Their, their uh, defensive coordinator spent some time in the NFL, and, and he's got these guys coached up really well. You know, they have a lot of great, great talent, um, you know, across the board, D-line, linebackers, and, and uh, defensive backs. Um, so, you know, we'll just have to have to uh, execute and uh, just stick together. You know, it, it'll, it'll for sure be a battle of four quarters, and uh, we're looking forward to it. What do you think of the, uh, the whiteout jerseys, the, the new helmet that you guys are going to wear, the field design? What, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the new duds you guys will be wearing on Saturday? Yeah, I love them, man. They're, they're, they're super cool. Um, you know, I... I, you know, we only just saw the saw the jerseys and stuff, but then once once you kind of dig deeper and 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 see why why it's how it is and why they're doing the field that way and the helmet and everything, then it's just so much cooler. And uh, you know, it's it's cool to have uh, have some new jerseys, but that also have a meaning behind it that are uh, you know kind of showing a little showing a little love to uh, you know Coach Lavelle. What did you think of Isaiah's modeling skills? Would you've been all right being that guy that modeling the uh, the new. New uniform. Isaiah Isaiah did great in his modeling, and I, I'm glad I'm glad that they chose somebody else other than me, because I feel like I've done a lot of modeling these days, um, you know, showing off jerseys and all types of different things. So I'm glad they picked somebody else, and uh, you know, if they would have asked me, I for sure would have done it, because you know that's just the type of guy I am. But I'm happy for Isaiah. <laughs> all right, let's wrap things up with the uh, with the final four. Your favorite athlete growing up was who? Favorite athlete growing up was uh, LeBron James. Still a LeBron fan? Still a Le- still a LeBron fan. You know, I'm always a, a Mavericks fan, but then my second team, my 1B, is wherever LeBron <laughs> is. So I'm a Mavericks slash Lakers fan at the moment. Okay. The last movie you saw in a theater was what? <laughs> oh, the last movie I saw in a theater was 47 Meters Down with the, with the team last week. And that was, that was not a good movie, but we had we had so much fun. We had so much fun watching uh, watching that movie together. It That's the one fun. where they're like stuck in the underwater cave, right? Yeah, so they get they get stuck in the cave and they have to find their way out. But then sharks just come and start eating people. And the movie was so bad, it got to a point where where we started cheering when people got ate, and <laughs> and it for sure wasn't wasn't a good thing to do. But but we had so much fun doing that, and it's <laughs> it was funny. All right, question number three: You could go anywhere on vacation. Where are you going? I've seen some some uh, some some people I know who uh, who support this program. They've taken a few trips to to like Bora Bora and uh, and the Maldives, and I've seen some videos and pictures from that, and that's like incredible. So that's for sure a high. I'm setting a high standard for myself. But if I could go anywhere, I'd probably go to one of those two places. Well, and you could go with a teammate, Tristan Hodge. When I asked him that question, without hesitation, Bora Bora, you guys could go together. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Last question. What does it mean to you to wear the Y? It means everything to uh, be at a program that, you know, represents, you know, excellence and represents, um, you know, tradition, family, um, you, you know, kind of all the things that, uh, that I, that I want to represent, um, you know, for myself and, uh, to be able to wear that Y and, and to have you know Simon on the on the back of my jersey just means everything for for my family to to be able to watch me every every weekend and for my little brother to kind of see what I'm doing and uh, you know hopefully um, you know has just puts a puts a good just kind of standard for him and for him to to hopefully see himself in my shoes um, it just means the world. Micah, you're the man. You are a pleasure to watch. Thanks for the time and good luck. Yes, sir. Appreciate it.
That's Mike Simon, Micah Simon in Shep Talk. Micah, a surprise leader in receptions this year, stepping up for that receiving core. We'll talk more about the receiving core coming up a little bit later with Mitchell Jurgens. Up next, we get to know the foe with Washington play-by-play voice. Tony Castro-Cone, more Cougar pregame live after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into Cougar pregame live. It's time to get to know the foe, and we're joined right now by the voice of the Washington Husky football team, Coach Tony Castricone. Tony, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a, it's a beautiful chamber of commerce type day here. It's a, a great day for college football. In a, in a beautiful setting, and uh, really excited to see these two go at it. Well, we put the order in, and it came through, so that was all for you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's get started big picture. Washington beat Eastern Washington as they were expected to to start the season. Then, then a weird loss and a weather-tormented game is the best way to put yeah. that to Cal. And then they rebound with a 52-20 thrashing of Hawaii last week. After the first three games, what do you know about this Husky team? Uh, I think we know that they've got enormous upside. Um, particularly at the quarterback position where Jacob Eason has displayed a very strong and very accurate arm. Um, I was just talking to Todd McShay, who's going to be on sidelines uh, today for for ESPN up in the booth, about what is it that you want to see out of him before you feel like he's a first-round NFL draft pick. And for him, it's just kind of consistency, but also just the, the mental processing part of the game, making clear, concise, making the right decision, and, and then quickly delivering upon that. And, and so I think that's the next step for him. But there's no question he's got a great arm. We were joking earlier this week that he can throw the ball 70 yards downfield at sea level. So what's it going to be today? Is it going to be 80, 85? It should be a lot of fun. Um, but it's, it's an offense that has a three-headed monster at running back a veteran offensive line. Jacob Eason, when he has time to throw, has been very, very deadly. And, uh, and, and he has had time to throw more often than not so far this year. It's a very young defense, only two returning starters, but very talented. I mean, this whole team is young but talented. They've got more four stars than they've ever had in the Chris Peterson era, 41, I think, to be exact. So uh, it's a talented team, but still trying to figure out uh, who exactly they are and come together for 2019. Tony, last week we were calling uh, USC Safety Hufanga's name seemingly every other play extremely active. Uh, sticking with that defense that you just mentioned that is young but talented, and it proves out on tape. They play with very high energy, uh, at times maybe still learning how to really execute this defense. But what's the one player that BYU fans can expect to hear his name called a lot on the defensive side for the Huskies? Well, we'll, we'll stick with the safety position and go with Miles Bryant, who uh, was on the Pro Football Focus National Defensive team of the week last week he had a couple interceptions and a quarterback sack and, and that's really a great way to describe miles bryant a guy that can kind of do it all really a small player 5'8, 5'9, 182 pounds but i just love watching him because he plays with such physicality and he hits so hard and he's just a ball of energy out there and, and has a, a, a great instincts really uh defensive coordinator jimmy lake says no one outworks him as far as studying the tape. And so he's, he's a, a really smart football player, uh, one of the few seniors on this defense, and a guy we'll certainly keep an eye on. But, but down low, you know, there, there are a couple of, of really exciting freshmen that we've seen up front kind of emerge 
over the last couple of games. Uh, Tuli Latuli Nasanoa and Taki Taimani. Taimani is a Salt Lake native. And, uh, and both those guys, they call them the twins because they do everything together. They'll come in on the defensive line. And uh, the Huskies have been better at getting after the quarterback this year than they were last year. That was a real point of emphasis in the offseason. Last year they were 100th in the nation in quarterback sacks. This year they're in the top 35. So uh, off to a good start in that, in that area as well. Well, you mentioned the D-line, and I think that's one thing that under Coach Peterson that I think that Washington's really improved on is the size, strength, and physicality up front of those defensive linemen. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And they do have some veterans up front as well. Benning Potowai is a senior and uh, had a couple of sacks in the Eastern Washington game, but he's put on 20 pounds. He was an edge rusher before. They kind of moved him inside, and now he's kind of doing some bull rushing, and he's in the middle there with Levi Onzerike who defensive line coach Ikaika Malloy thinks really has some huge potential uh, on the next level, um, even even has the chance to, to be a really good one in the NFL. He's just got such great upside. So uh, he's a junior, and he's already got five sacks in his career, so he's a good one as well. But but I agree. They're, they're building great depth at the defensive line position. Uh, a lot of young names, but certainly some guys with great talent. Tony, this... You know, as I was prepping for this game, I was looking over Coach Peterson's record, and it's well known, but it is every time you look at it, it's still baffling. He was 117 at one point, and now he's 140-something, and is, it's, it's absolutely staggering. And it didn't take him long since arriving in Seattle to get the Huskies back up to, uh, you know, back up to speed and competing for Pac-12 championships and Rose Bowl berths, which uh, he was able to accomplish last year. With him and his staff handling a bunch of new players right a new cast of characters from last year to this year and this being their first road game in week four which I found was an interesting little tidbit what kind of things is he focused on this week in preparing all of these new guys for their first road game in a unique area in a unique place like Provo that's at elevation um, against a team that's playing some, pretty well yeah I, I think the elevation thing is is something that we all kind of feel uh, within within Washington circles that it gets talked about every time the Huskies do play at elevation, but can sometimes be overemphasized. Uh, Washington has performed pretty well at elevation, played well at Utah last couple times they visited the Utes. Same thing could be said for going to Colorado. Uh, it's a thing that Chris Peterson has always dealt with throughout his career when he's at Boise State and, and playing places at, like Wyoming where you're at 7,000 feet, right? So, you know, it's, it's not a thing that's a huge concern from that standpoint. Really, more than anything else, you're looking at uh, what's going to be a raucous atmosphere, a great crowd, a lot of noise, and it, that can really show up for the Husky offense, whether or not they can have some communication things down. And, and here's the good news for Washington. Jacob Eason started four games on the road in the SEC when he was a true freshman. He's been in environments like this. Uh, this whole entire team practices with noise every single day, every single week, regardless of if it's a home game or a road game. And I, I think that um, they're, they're going to be prepared, even though it, it's always a little bit different, getting on a plane, sleeping in a hotel, uh, you know, doing all those things away from home. I, I do think that they're prepared to go on the road for the first time this year. You look at the run, the running uh, rush offense for Washington. BYU's rush defense isn't the greatest. I think they're like 118th in the country. But Washington comes in uh, touting two running backs for averaging 5.6 yards a carry and Salvan Ahmed uh, kind of leading the way there. 
Is this something that the Huskies are looking to take advantage this week and maybe rushing the ball against this Cougar, off, or Cougar defense? Uh, I like Washington's offensive line. It's a very veteran group, four and a half returning starters up front, and they do, like I said earlier, have a three-headed monster running back. Sean McGrew, Richard Newton are, are guys that uh, I think have, have done a nice job of backing up Ahmed so far this season. So, yeah, the Huskies uh, certainly want to get the ground game going because that allows you the opportunity when the defense creeps up to take some of the shots with the strong arm of Jacob Eason. But I'll, I'll just tell you guys, I, I am not big at looking at a team like BYU and judging them off their stats because while uh, Washington included, a lot of other teams have played an FCS opponent, a group of five opponent, all this other stuff. BYU, through three weeks, has been the most tested team in the country. So, of course, they're going to look uh, a little lower on the stats than, than maybe some other teams. But that doesn't really mean much, I don't think, stats do until in football until the end of the season when everybody's schedules kind of even out and you've had a chance to kind of be equally tested. And so, yeah, BYU, I, I'm looking at their stats, and they're not great total offense, not great total defense, scoring defense, all this stuff. But – they had to play Utah at Tennessee in, in a home against SC, and so they're extremely tested, and they've seen a, a lot of opposition like Washington, and they're 2-1 against it. So, uh, so I, I really think that this is going to be a test in all phases of the game for Washington today. Tony, uh, yeah, you bring up a great point. And, Ben, you talk about the rushing, a game that's relevant to this. In that It was two Pac-12 opponents, two former BYU opponents last night. The rushing was 250-13 to 13 in, the, <laughs> yeah. in that USC-Utah uh, game. And because uh, I'm a believer that not all yards are created equal, mm-hmm. that once you get down inside the red zone, you have to be really good. So while you just said that stats don't mean that much at this point in the season, I am going to ask you about one. With, Watt, with UW hanging around 50% touchdown percentage in red zone attempts, yeah. is that something that this, that this team is, is addressing, or are they not as worried about it as maybe us fans would be? No, I mean, they're, they're certainly addressing it, and I think you bring up something that has been talked about in the Seattle media quite a bit. Um, I think the good news for Washington is, unlike in years past, no turnovers in the red zone, no missed field goals. They've actually gotten points out of every single red zone trip this year with the one exception of they took a knee at the end of the Eastern Washington game, which shouldn't count. So uh, they have gotten points every time they've been down there. But seven touchdowns in 12 drives is not the percentage that you'd like to see. And I know BYU's defense does get you know pretty solid down in the red zone. And so that's something we'll keep an eye on today. Look, so many times it comes down to a very small detail here or there. Um, you know, one time they did complete a, what seemed to be a touchdown pass, but Andre Pacelli just didn't get his foot down on third down uh, in the end zone, and, and he kind of dragged his toe out of bounds, and so it was incomplete. Another time, you know, you get stopped at the one-inch line on a run, and you decide not to go for it on fourth down. I mean, there, there are a lot of factors that go into that, but no question, the Huskies, once they get it inside the 20, want to be getting touchdowns every time. What was great against Hawaii was the fact that they got four touchdowns from outside the 20, and they didn't have to test their red zone offense. They were able to just score on explosive plays, and I know that's something that Washington would like to do more this season. Hey, Tony, thanks so much for your time. Looking forward to not just a Chamber of Commerce day here in Provo, but a Chamber of Commerce-type game as the Cougars and the Huskies play. I, I missed your question. I'm sorry. Could you say it again? No, I was just saying, well, thanks for joining us, and I'm looking forward to a good game today at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, coming up, we'll visit with The Voice, Greg Rubel, in about eight minutes. But next, we'll get to our weekly QB read with Riley. You're tuned in to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. It's Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley. Right alongside Riley Nelson as we're live outside of Lavelle Stadium. Cougar Canyon is the place to be. Come on by, say hi as we get you ready for BYU versus Washington and Riley, it's time for our QB Reads. Riley, what do you got for us this week on our QB Reads? Today on QB Read with Riley, we've got, uh, we're going to flip the coin on you a little bit. Often we talk about in the media or, or us analysts talk about handling and responding to adversity. Well, after last week's performance, which was an overtime victory against a ranked opponent at home and the fans stormed the field, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about dealing with success. Nick Saban, who has been the foremost, you know, most successful college football coach of our era, has gone so much as to talk about the attention, the hype, and the hysteria around your team's success. He's, uh, he's gone so much as to label that as rat poison because it can affect the team's mentality so much. So one of the things that I'm going to look for this Cougar, offense, for this Cougar team today is how do they deal with success? They got rushed on the field. I think I even saw a couple of players get lifted up on fans' shoulders. <laughs> you start, you go to class on Monday, and everybody's patting you on the back. You're the big man on campus. Your friends and family flooding your phone with texts. Everybody across the country sees it, and that can distract you from the preparate, from preparing for what is a very formidable opponent in University of Washington uh, today. So a couple of the ways that it, when I was a player and the teams that I played on that we dealt with that after big-time wins, you got short memory goes both ways. Equally, you have to forget your failures quickly and learn from them. You have to forget your successes quickly and get back to the task at hand. You have to the, – the easiest way to do this is to immerse yourself in preparation for the opponent. Don't focus so much on you and all the great things that you did, but really focus on getting down to the very minute details of your opponent and try, looking for every advantage that you can. Then you're always, as a team, you have to be – progress-minded. You're always looking for the next step of improvement. You're always looking for the next challenge, the next opportunity to prove yourself as a football team and as an individual uh, football player. And then lastly, if you can do all those things, that is the formula f- because one storm, or one field-storming performance and field-storming victory is great, but you don't know what's better than one? Two field-storming worthy uh, victories are, are awesome. So if the Cougars can do all of those things, put that as as that win will go down in the histories and they will remember it for the rest of their lives. Hopefully they forgot it for this week, got diligently down to preparing for the Washington Huskies, and I think they did, and I think it will prove, we'll, it'll prove out on the field today. One follow-up, and you flipped the coin on me, so I'm going to flip it back just a little bit to you. One thing that I think that is valuable for this BYU team, and I think we saw it last week, I don't think BYU wins last week if they didn't win at Tennessee. There's something about learning to win and learning to win in those close games. What does a team learn when you get those close wins and all of a sudden you get back-to-back close wins and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is the formula we need to do to get this done? I kind of think that uh, a lot of the gems, the truth gems in life are found in the cliches. Maybe that's why they become a cliche is because they're so (laughs) often repeated. But we often hear that losing is contagious, right? Guys get down and it's a downward spiral and do that. Well, in the same way, winning is contagious, and that's exactly what you just alluded to. There's, there's a belief element there. There's a confidence that goes with it. There's people, you know, I always say when it comes to athletics, people are like, we're just out there to have fun. And I'll agree with that, but guess what's most fun about being out here is winning. It's not that fun to be out and win. So we are here to, to have fun, and the best way to have fun is to win, and that's something that I think the Cougars have gotten a taste of. They've proved it in back-to-back weeks, and if we can go back-to-back-to-back, then you know this team is set up for really some unprecedented success in this independent era. 
We'll see if those truth gems hold true today at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. He joins us here in Cougar Canyon, live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Coming up a little later, Mitchell Jurgens will join me and we'll get his view from the sidelines. And I'll give you five things to watch for in today's game. Right now, it's time to visit with the voice. Joining us right now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, on this throwback retro game day. Did you get your fedora up in the booth? I got my fedora in the booth. I mean, I... I Truth be told, I get a lot of stuff from BYU, <laughs> but this is one of the best things I've ever gotten. The polos we're wearing today with the old school helmet on it, this is a keeper. Yeah, like rub, the, rub that one in, Greg. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm very pleased to, to, to be wearing what, what Riley and Mitch are wearing right now. It's, it's this, and Ben's uh, not. And well, but Ben still looks good in the Royal. Yeah, you know? see, well, he's cold. He's got a jacket on. Yeah. Did I just go third person? Throw the flag. <laughs> Greg, I, we, just t- we were just talking about with Riley and the QB reads. It is is BYU's close win at Tennessee, close win against USC. Is it starting to catch on, and, and, and is the team having fun while they're doing it? And, and on that note, yes. Kalani and I just spoke a few moments ago in, in, uh, in his locker area, and he probably said the word four or five times, fun. I want these guys to go out and have fun today. It doesn't mean you haven't worked hard. It doesn't mean you're, you haven't studied the book. It doesn't mean you're not, uh, you're not earnest about your preparation. But he says, I can't have these guys be tight. Tight does not work for us. And, and the last two weeks, um, I, I think, uh, have, have led to a, a lighter, more confident vibe, and that's a good thing. Uh, you're, you've already proved to yourself you're a good football team. I, I don't care that Tennessee got off to a sluggish start. You went into Knoxville and beat that team, which is it's chock full of talent. They haven't played great, but it's a talented team. You beat them at their place. Then you play a USC team that turns around and beats Utah last night. Well, you already knew what Utah did to you. You beat the team that beat them. You're good. You're in that same mix. They can feel that they've got a, a solid team developing. They can't look to the next few weeks and say, well, the P5s stop or things get easier or the buys come. They can't do that, but they can feel confident about taking on a Washington team that to this point hasn't been tested maybe to the same extent even as BYU. They've had the one Pac-12 game, a P5 game, and they lost it. They scored 19 points and lost it. They've beaten an FCS team handily, and they beat Hawaii pretty good last week on a very explosive Saturday for the Huskies. But I don't think uh, uh, BYU should feel by any stretch that, that the team coming in is one they can't handle. They've already handled a lot already. I think it's a good matchup. And, and, and Washington has uh, a losing history in Provo. Uh, Washington away from home has not been the same team they've been in Seattle, understandably. Uh, there are a lot of reasons to believe, and I think Riley feels the same way, that the Cougars can, uh, can feel good about chances today. I do feel the same way, Greg, and I think uh, the Cougars are battle-tested, and Washington still remains to be seen. This is probably their first true battle. While, of course, Cal was a battle and one they ended up losing, That's, there's that. That was a, a great setup from the 30,000-foot or the strategic view. Coming now down between the sidelines, what position group matchups are you most looking for that are going to be most key for, for the Cougars today? Well, I think that BYU looks at Washington's wide receiver trio, top trio, the way they did uh, USC's. And, and, and BYU handled USC's receivers in a way that, say, like, for example, that, that Utah chose not to last night. Uh, and, and I think BYU's method is more conservative but arguably effective. And I think if, if BYU 
in the secondary and otherwise uh, has the same approach to the same effect that they had against USC, I think BYU can feel pretty good about things. Um, the, the quarterback is a real uh, X factor in this whole deal in that he is um, he's, he's, he's not the kid just you know, making his first real uh, start on the road. Uh, he's, he's a 6-foot, 227-pound junior with, with P5 experience in the SEC. Um, he, he's more developed than Keaton Slovis was, um, and, and, that, and that may play into uh, to what happens here today. But that said, I, I think the wideouts are, are the things they really do focus on primarily. That said, Savan Ahmed had a great game. In fact, rushed for more yards than Miles Gaskin last year. Uh, and Ahmed is now the lead back. Richard Newton comes out of almost nowhere to score three touchdowns last week. He's got four on the year. So I, I just think the more I look at Washington, it's it's top to bottom solid. Like you don't see any real true outliers. I tweeted out a few stats this morning where they're in the 70s and 80s on some on some ancillary stats, but on, on, on the basics, they're top 50 in pretty much everything. They're just good top to bottom, just straight solid. The one thing we need to see is if, if this defense, which is, which is now just three games into – a group of only two starters back from last year, if they'll develop to be the kind of UW defense we've come to expect for years and years, because that's been UW's calling card, will this be that kind of team? That remains to be seen. But that's been the history, and, and Peterson and his coordinators kind of have that thing going right now and kind of rolling that way. Uh, from a personnel standpoint, uh, closer to game time, maybe some more on it, but um, uh, there are some bumps and bruises, especially defensively right now for BYU, and not unexpectedly. When you go P5, 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 the coaches already know going in the danger you have is you're going to end up down a couple guys by that fourth game, and BYU may be down a couple guys by that fourth game here today. So we'll look for that. Well, you mentioned that, and I thought that was a big story in last week's game is the depth, especially defensively for BYU. That Kalani's been focusing on strengthening that depth in, in, in his time at BYU, and I think last week we saw that depth with guys like Peyton Wilgar, Bo Tanner, Max Tooley, Malik Moore, Sawyer Powell, all all not just playing last week and playing significant roles, but also producing last week. We're going to learn more about yeah. that today, and that's going to be important. Because they're all going to factor today. Uh, there, there will again be guys missing, uh, and, and those main names you just mentioned will be among the primaries uh, to have to handle. And we may or may not see, uh, depending on, on game time availability, maybe even one offensive player switch to defense today, uh, depending on depth. We'll keep an eye on that and let you know uh, on air. Greg, uh, I think in college football, so much comes down to coaching. And obviously, Chris Peterson, uh, from his time in Boise, Cougar fans are extremely uh, well aware with him. But we, we talked about the coaching and the timely offensive play calls from Coach Grimes last week. Do you get a sense that we could see even more wrinkles? Or are the Cougars trying to settle in? They kind of have an identity, and they're going to try and settle in and run the same old stuff. And maybe we could talk more about this in our, in our uh, lead-up to the game today, but I almost get the sense that, that BYU has been on the cusp of something and that we may be getting – maybe it's Toledo, maybe it's – that, that game feels to me to be coming, where it, it clicks a little more, uh, where it's really everything coming together. For example, let's say last week, uh, the one maybe missing ingredient, if you want to look at it that way, was uh, one catch by Matt Bushman, let's say. Uh, that's not a typical day for him. Um, the 100-yard rushing game from uh, Tyson Williams, getting closer, haven't seen it yet. If those things come together on the same day that, that Gunnar Romney sees a few more targets and Dax Mill makes a couple more catches, uh, th- th- this can be an offense that I think becomes um, uh, more prolific and productive. The numbers right now are just okay offensively, but I think a lot of that is a function of opponent. Um, no one's played a schedule like BYU has right now through weeks one, two, and three. I think we're seeing a strong offense develop, and, and they're healthy for the most part. They're, 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 there are very few things to worry about like they have on defense right now in terms of BYU's personnel strength health-wise. I think it's coming. Uh, it'll be tough to come today in that Washington's gone, what, 59 straight games 
without allowing 35 point, more than 35 points in a game. So no one ever really gets loose or gets off on Washington. It just doesn't happen. It's been years since someone's put up a big number uh, against UW. But you can't put up a small number. BYU's lost 14 in a row when they don't get to 21. And no one scored 21 yet on Washington this year. Given 18 so points a game. So something's got to yeah. give right there, right? I, I, I don't think BYU has to score in the 40s, but I don't think they could be hoping to win this thing 17-13 either right now. So uh, maybe the happy medium comes and that breakout comes, if not today soon. I think the talent is there to do it. By the way, we hope to, that, that today BYU offensively brings home the bacon. Someone has brought home the bacon to the broadcast crew here at, uh, at Cougar Canyon. The Utah Pork Producers and Smithfield Foods have presented us with bacon. Nothing more need be said than that, but bacon is here. Life is better with bacon. It always is. There you go. Okay. Hey, Greg, thanks a lot for joining us. After a quick break, our weekly view from the sidelines with Mitchell Juergens. Cougar Pregame Live continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back in. It is Cougar Pregame Live here from Cougar Canyon. Just in the shadow. Actually, the shadow is starting to dissipate here in Cougar Canyon from the shadows of Lavelle Edwards Stadium, which means it's starting to warm up, which means I can almost take off my jacket because it's getting warm. I am Ben Bagley, alongside Mitchell Juergen, sideline reporter for the radio broadcast here on the BYU Radio. Uh, Mitch, it's a beautiful day for football. It, it is a beautiful day. Um, this, I mean, this is, this is what it's all about. You know, it's... It, Fall is almost upon us. Um, the, <laughs> snow these, in the mountains. <laughs> snow in the mountains. changing. This is Utah. I mean, I, I mean, I- anyone that comes in to this stadium for the you know for the game day experience. I mean, this is this is unbeatable. Um, to to get just, uh, I mean, it, it's incredible. And and you know that these Washington fans that have maybe made the trip, they're going to come in here. You know, d- despite what what goes on with the game, they're going to be very impressed with just the atmosphere here and and just how beautiful Utah is. I mean, this is. This is football weather right here. Well, let's get started talking about this yeah. week's game a little bit. I want, to, I want to pick your brain from a former player standpoint. In 2015, your team goes to Nebraska. They get a big win with the little uh, Matthews Magic or Manga Miracle, which are, who yeah. depends on which one of those two you talk to. Uh, you come back here the next week against Boise State. You play a big role in getting a big win in a close game against yeah. the ranked Boise State team at the time. The next week, kind of a letdown at UCLA. But this team's kind of following that same trajectory. You get a big win at Tennessee. You come home. You beat USC. Now you got a big game at home against against the Washington team. What does it as a, as a player in that locker room? What are the lessons you're learning from week one to week two as you prepare for week three of three straight really big games? Yeah. So number I mean number one this it's it's a complete mindset. Um, when you look at strength of schedule and when you come off two big wins. Um, I mean, it's it's mentally taxing, and and you go back to those those two wins against Nebraska and then Boise State. Those were not close games, and so every single drive that you know that I stepped on the field or we had the defense step on the field, it was we have to do our job or this you know this game could get out of hand, right? And and so it's it's mentally taxing. So when you take you know two games in a row that you look at you know Tennessee and then USC those are two overtime games where that's not easy for players mentally so what they need to do actually uh Julian Edelman he's a, he's a guy that I've I've always looked up to my entire life um just just the way he plays the game and he's been in big game after big game um and one thing that he said that that I've that I've always loved is um he says blinders on eyes forward and keep moving Th- those are three things that you've just got to you've got to have as a mentality that you know, you come off these big wins, and it's an incredible accomplishment. But you've got to push it aside and focus on the game at hand, uh, because Washington—I mean, they're no joke. This is—they're going to bring the punch, and and BYU's got to be prepared and ready. 
Yeah, Washington's a tough team. I'm going to get into some of the stats for that coming up in just a second with you. But I'm gonna, let's move. Let's look at your also your forte in the receivers. Yep. Last week, BYU 12 different receivers. Well, not really receivers because Zach Wilson played a receiver <laughs> for one play. He also stayed a, uh, well. I won't go there because maybe not a sponsor. But you look at you look at the game last week. Twelve different players catch balls and contribute. Matt Bushman only one catch last week. Normally one of the bigger targets of Zach Wilson. So you look at this and and maybe the most impressive thing: no drop balls from the receivers, and there were some tough catches out there. What do you learn about this receiving core? Is it really that deep, and is that sustainable? So is it that deep? Yes. I mean, there, there's, there's talented players. To play at the Division One level, everyone has that talent. It's whether you can perform on the field or not. And so it was really encouraging last week as we saw guys get reps, make some big catches. You know, we saw Dax Milton. We've, we've seen him up and coming, and, you know, I was really impressed with him in fall camp. But he makes that big play in the end zone, you know, for, to, to put the Cougars ahead. And, and, you know, you're just really impressed with what I've seen. As far as is this sustainable, um, no drops, probably not, right? <laughs> you know, it, every even a great receiving core, I mean, the best receiver in, in, in college football in the NFL, they're going to drop some balls. So that, I mean, that's going to happen. Um, but is it sustainable? I, I want to say yes, but I think things need to change in order for that to be sustainable. Last week, the receivers played out of their minds. Um, you know, no drops, but they did that with not creating much separation. Um, USC was in their pockets the entire game. And if they don't create more separation, that's going to be a lot more difficult to replicate, especially against a team in Washington who's going to be just as athletic. Um, they're going to be, you know, stride for stride. And so BYU needs to figure out how to create more separation to give them that advantage to continue to, you know, produce and have these successful receiving showcases um, for on the BYU offensive side. Yeah, Washington, a team that's put DBs in the NFL in yep. recent years. They're, they're a program that those DBs play an aggressive brand of ball. Speaking of something on that receiving, I mentioned Matt Bushman, one catch last week. I don't think that I think he's being used in a different role, which is open up for other people because he was the attention getter after the first two weeks. But now you insert, and we saw this last week, Moroni Lalu Puchital back into the lineup. In fact, second catch of the day last week, he does the hurdle, and all of a sudden you're like, for part of you, like, it's good to see the hurdle back from Moroni. Wait, careful there, big guy. Careful, you're coming off that ACL. But now you got that. Those, that two-headed beast, a tight end back for BYU. How big of a role can that play? Uh, it's huge. I mean, you look at Matt Bushman and Moroni, and, and those aren't your, your traditional, you know, just tight ends. We're going to run block. I mean, these are guys in the passing offense. You can keep them up. You can keep them tight. You can split them out wide, throw jump balls. I mean, these, these are big targets that have proven not only that, you know, they can make plays, but they, they've done this before, right? That Moroni's a senior. He's, he's played in big games. Um, I, I mean, I played a long time ago, and Moroni was one of those guys I played alongside <laughs> of, and it's crazy to see him still on the field making some big plays. And so just the experience there as well is, is a huge bit of, you know, a, a, a huge factor for the offense to get things going if it's, if it's difficult. You know, when, when you, you know, we talked about this before, but as it's difficult to create separation, sometimes you've got to utilize those receiving targets that are taller, that are bigger, that you can throw some jump balls up to and expect them to come down, make a play, to give momentum back to the offense to continue you know, with these scoring drives and put up points against a very difficult defense. Flipping it over to the defensive side of the ball for the Cougars, depth was key last week for BYU on that defensive side. Uh, Peyton Wilgar, Bo Tanner, Max Tooley, Malik Moore, and Sawyer Powell all seeing significant time, and not just significant time, making key plays in that win against USC. BYU the only team in all of college football that starts with four straight P5 teams. This is number four. 
Greg and I were just talking about it a minute ago. Bumps and bruises happen. Some of these guys are going to play a big role again today. Does BYU have the depth to sustain it? And, and we saw it last week, but this week, is it going to continue? I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I don't know the answer to that. Might be the biggest story you of the know? game. And, and, you know, but this is, this is where it's, it's really cool. You know, you go to last week and you have those two guys, you know, three guys I want to point out that you mentioned, Max Tooley, Peyton Wilgar, and uh, Bo Tanner. I mean, three guys that coming into the season, they're not your first strings, and, and some of them may not even be your, in the two deep. But it's so cool. I mean, every, everybody needs to know that you can't, even if you have the best 11 guys on the field on the offensive side and the defensive side, that's not how you win games, and especially not how you win seasons, because you are going to have those bumps and bruises. And so this is, you know, it's it's prime time for these players to come in and prove, hey, I can be a contributing factor to this defense, to this offense, to help BYU win some games. And we saw that last week. Now, you know, rumor has it that that, that we're even more, uh, we've got even more bumps and bruises this week on the defensive side. And so I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I think we're going to see some guys get some more playing time that we haven't seen before. And, and you expect that they're going to be ready to go. They've had, you know, the preparation. They've been able to, um, you know, watch film. And, and so now it's, now it's their time to shine. Um, and, and very curious to see, you know, what, uh, which players that maybe haven't seen some time step up and, and prove to be, you know, playmakers on this defense. One last thing. Last year, BYU goes to Seattle. They fall 35-7. And what was, and talking to some of the coaches and players, they called it an embarrassing loss last yep. year at Washington. This year, there's been some talk about revenge games. They remember it. They want to prove that it was a fluke, not the norm. How, how big a role can that play in today's game where BYU was embarrassed last year in Seattle and looking to prove themselves today? Well, well, number one, I mean, it, there's, you can only go up from here, right? Yes. And so when we talk about, um, Kalani talks about this a lot, is, is the players need to play loose and, and be relaxed out there. And they're coming into this game with, with not much pressure. I mean, they've... They've exceeded expectations so far this season, going 2-1 and one in the first three games. And so now it's time for them just to relax and play. And, and we see that when players are more relaxed and they can bounce around and, and they're not as stiff, they perform better. And so I think that does play into their advantage. The other thing that I, I do want to say is, you know, I was, I was at that stadium last year in Washington, and that was, I think, hands down, the loudest stadium I've ever been in. And I've been in, you know, many, many loud stadiums. You go even just to last week. Uh, or two weeks ago in Tennessee, and that was loud. But but that was unlike any experience I've ever been a part of. And so BYU doesn't have, you know, we have them here at home, and some people say, you know, you've got home field advantage. But BYU's track record has hasn't, um, I guess, given BYU fans hope that that playing here at home is much of an advantage. But comparatively to last year, you know, in Washington Stadium, it's only an advantage from here just because being there. That's a very difficult stadium to play in. And so we've got him here. It's going to be proved to be um, an advantage for the Cougars than it was last year. And so it's only up from here. And, you know, I expect um, depth is going to be the question. Uh, but I expect them to fight hard just like they have in these last two games and come out um, with a very good chance to win this ballgame. Well, we're excited to see what happens. Mitch, look forward to hear what your reports yeah. from the sideline during the broadcast. On the other side, it's what to watch for in today's game for BYU fans. On That's next on the Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. 
Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. Here live from Cougar Canyon outside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I am Ben Bagley, and we're getting you ready for BYU and Washington. Today is the third straight time this season BYU is hosting a top 25-ranked Pac-12 team here in Provo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Cougars split the first two against Utah and USC. Look to come out today securing a winning record against the Pac-12 and in P5 games for the season with a win over Washington today. As they prepare to do so, here are some things to watch for for Cougar fans as you watch and listen to the game right here on BYU Radio. Number one, it is a throwback game. We've talked a little bit about it, but not a lot. If you're watching on TV, they got the field painted with the, the Argyle end zones and the royal blue. you got the throwback helmet in midfield. The throwback uniforms, all that looking flash and great. I know the players are excited talking to them this week. Fans are excited. Broadcasters are excited. I got a fedora here at the booth. It's awesome. It's a throwback. It's always fun to have these kind of games. But not just that, bringing some alumni back into town. Ty Detmer, Jason Buck, Moel Wanibi, Darren Gray, all here, all running out the flags. Talked to both Ty Detmer and Derwin Gray yesterday, both of them. Really excited talking about how important it is to them to come back to Provo, come back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and be a part of a game like this. Second thing to watch for if you're a Cougar fan is can BYU get out to a fast start? That's important today, and it's not going to be easy. Washington is not allowed any opponent to score in the first quarter. That's scoring opponents right now. 42-0 to zero in the first quarter of ball games. Can BYU buck that trend and get out early? Because if BYU can get out early, especially if they put points on the board first, it changes the face of the game. All of a sudden, Washington's playing a different game than they're used to, and they're not, they haven't played from behind. So that's one of the keys of the game for BYU is score early and score first. Third thing to watch for is will today's game be a defensive battle? Points are on the boards, kind of a rare thing when you're playing Washington. It's also something that hasn't seen a lot in BYU games. Uh, just taking a look at a couple of the national rankings of these two teams defensively, both of them very very alike in pass defense. Washington's ranked 44th in the nation. BYU's 41st in the nation. So it's both top 50 teams when it comes to pass defense. Rush defense, Washington's 56th in the nation. BYU, 119th, giving up 225 yards per game. But as we talked to Tony Castricone from the Washington broadcast, the play-by-play voice, he said, don't pay, to, don't put too much credence into the stat, some of the stats for BYU because he's not in Washington. It's not because they are the only team in the nation that's gone back-to-back-to-back on Power 5 games. Th- third defensive rating to look at is score, scoring defense. Washington's only giving up 18 points per game. That's 36th in the nation, BYU. 27 points a game, They're, that's 82, 80, ranked for 82nd in the nation. So it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams, who aren't giving up a lot of points, 27 against three Power 5 teams is a respectable number, and it's got you two wins thus far. It's going to be kind of interesting to see the first team to 24 wins almost at this, and BYU's looking to get that number 24. Fourth thing to watch, Tyson Williams has been a, a, a fantastic surprise to BYU fans this year. 20 touches in the last two games, both of them in wins. Last week, one yard shy of 100 yards rushing. Let's look to see if Tyson Williams can get that today at 100 yards rushing. And the last thing is, will this be a high-scoring game or will it be a battle in the low 20s? We talked a little bit about that with 
the defensive rankings. Washington, in their wins, has scored 47 and 52 points against Eastern Washington and Hawaii, only 19 points in their loss against Cal. So can BYU hold the Washington offense out of the end zone and off the scoreboard? That'll be a key to today's game. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football as we check the top 25 scoreboard. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome to Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley, your host, as we get you ready for BYU versus Washington. We're about 45 minutes away from kickoff here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's time to check your scoreboard of other scores going on in college football right now. Checking the top 25 scoreboard. Southern Miss at Alabama, and, well, they're kind of there. Alabama right now leads in the fourth quarter, about two minutes left in that game, 42-7 to Alabama up on Southern Miss. Not much better for Vanderbilt as LSU traveled to Vandy today, fourth-ranked Tigers up 59-24. That game in the third quarter with about seven minutes left in the third quarter. And a SEC battle going on right now in Florida, Tennessee, Got a win last week. They're not going to get one this week. 2-0-45 left in the fourth quarter. Floor, number nine ranked Florida is up 24-3 on Tennessee in that game. Going to the Big Ten. 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Number 13 Wisconsin is putting it on number 11 Michigan. Score right now in the fourth quarter. 35-8 Badgers over the Wolverines. I was always wondering which one of those two mascots would be a tougher by. Looks like the Badgers today. California, the 23rd ranked in the country. They traveled to Ole Miss to got down to the south, and they're taking their game with them. They're up 28-13 in the fourth quarter, and that's all your early game scores from the top 25. Checking a couple of scores from last night in the top 25, featuring future and past BYU opponents. USC beat 10th ranked Utah 30-23 in L.A. last night at the Coliseum. Trojans QB Kendon Slovis knocked out of the game in the first drive of the night. Enter Matt Fink, who began the season as a third-string QB for the Trojans. He enters the game to throw for 351 yards and three TDs, leading the Trojans to the win over the Utes. It'll be curious to see how that result affects the rankings when they're released tomorrow. It also makes it interesting to see if BYU can capitalize with a win today because if they win today over Washington, that opens the door wide open for BYU to enter the top 25. Another score from last night in the top 25 that features a future BYU opponent, the Cougars, they'll host Boise State in just over, just under a month on October 19th here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Last night, the 20th-ranked Huskies. Sorry, the 20th-ranked Broncos beat the Air Force Academy 30-19. to Boise QB Hank Brockmeyer had two TD passes, and running back Robert Mahoney had two rushing TDs in the win, so Boise State remains unbeaten on the year. Hey, next week's opponent, Toledo, they're not in action or they haven't played yet. They play the late game tonight in Fort Collins, Colorado, as they face travel to face the Colorado State Rams. That game kicks off at 10-15 Eastern p.m. So, Cougar fans, as you get done here at Lavelle Stadium, hopefully celebrating a win, we can go home tonight, turn on ESPN2, and do a little pregame scouting for next week as Toledo faces Colorado State at 10-15 tonight on ESPN2. 
That's going to wrap things up for Cougar pregame live here at Cougar Canyon just outside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Zions Bank, for banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. And for a second straight Saturday, welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the BYU campus in Provo, Utah. On the final game day of summer, the temperatures beginning to turn. And once the calendar turns on Monday, it will officially be fall, confirming with the leaves on some of the trees on the mountains before us already show, it is time for a changing of the seasons. And for BYU, the hope is for a continuing change of fortune. The Cougars have won consecutive games coming into today's matinee meeting with Washington. I'm your play-by-play presenter, Greg Rubel. My broadcast partner is the former Cougar QB, Riley Nelson. And the last time BYU beat the University of Washington, Riley was the starting signal caller. He was the Cougars' primary offensive playmaker in a 23-17 win. It was also the last time the Huskies visited Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And Riley, whether then or now, a win over Washington means something. And today, it would mean a win over a top 25 team in back-to-back weeks and a third P5 win in three weeks for the first time in Cougar football history. I think that's significant, Greg. Three P5 wins in a row is... uh a hallmark statement is this program is preparing itself for what could potentially be a landscape shift uh, in the coming years of college football. But coming back to today, the opponent and these UW Huskies, uh, I think it's the best opponent that BYU will face since the opener uh, against Utah. And one of the things I'm really excited about today, we've learned with this team, every week someone new comes up big, whether it was Micah Simon against Tennessee or Diane Gamwaluku last week with the big with the interception and the, and the touchdown down on the goal line. I'm really excited to see who that's going to be today. Well, like USC last week, Washington is today playing its first road game of the season. And the road hasn't been terribly hospitable for the Huskies. UW 4-7 and seven in its last 11 played away from Husky Stadium. Coming up next, we hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as he and the Cougs get set to face their fourth and final P5 foe of the 2019 regular season. This is the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. The coaches' pregame comments straight ahead on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. For the first time in BYU football history, we've seen back-to-back overtime games and back-to-back overtime wins at Tennessee and versus USC. The wins earning the Cougs some top 25 votes this past week. A third straight win might just put the Cougs back in the rankings, but between BYU and the top 25 stands a Washington team that is straight up solid in all three phases of the game. No glaring weaknesses and a ton of big-time playmakers. In my pregame interview with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, brought to you by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. I asked the coach uh, how the Huskies maybe compare to what BYU's already seen in facing a steady stream of Power 5 opponents to open the season. Yeah, really good team. I think uh, Chris Peterson's done an amazing job replacing guys. We talked about that before, that 
Uh, although there may be some new guys on the on the field that they're not used to, that they're play, replacing nine starters on defense. Um, I, I don't see a lot of change in what they're doing sch- schematically, but um, I think for us, we just got to worry about what we do well and, and fo- focus on um, you know the fundamentals of the game and, and things that we always talk about: ball security and effort. I think we should be in a good position. I think that uh, last year kind of got on; they got on us real quick, and we didn't respond the right way. So we're expecting their best shot. We I say this every week. We just have to make sure that they get ours, and I, I think we'll, we'll be in a good good position if they, we do that. Coach Tuiaki talked in referencing last year's game about maybe looking back on that. Maybe he said, "I should have let the players just play a little more." You know what he's trying to say when he says that? Yeah, I think sometimes as coaches, you feel like you have to have the perfect call, you know, and um, you may tend to overthink things and you, you put it upon yourself. And uh, the truth is, if our guys know the call, they can get lined up and they can uh, uh, play fast, and they don't have to really think as much. And so, I think that's where he's headed with that. I think our guys are going to be playing fast today and I think they should uh, be assignment sound um, this offense created some big plays on us last year because we were able we weren't able to be assignment sound and that can't happen this with this uh, this game so uh, looking forward to not having us not shoot ourselves in the foot so to speak you know but uh, I think if we do that in all three phases we're careful with uh, being aggressive but then also be mindful of just playing fast and having fun uh, I think the effort will be there and then I think the, the outcome will be the way we want it to be. You've played nothing but P5s. Uh, Washington's played one, and that was their Pac-12 opener against Cal. They lost that game. What did you get out of that game and, and how Cal uh, kept Washington down pretty well that day? Well, I thought Justin, Justin Wilcox at Cal, you know, he, he, he's from that tree. He's, he's been a coach under, uh, under that Boise tree type of, type of deal with Dan Hawkins and Chris Peterson. And so I think he knows how to defend them mm-hmm. the best. And so watching that and being able to – there's something that we can kind of map out a little bit and, and learn from. I think it's crazy if we don't try to learn from what others have had success doing, um, although we may have some different players and some different talents, different skill and different spots. But uh, I think the principle is, is intact, you know. So, um, But I also think that they know that. So <laughs> uh, the key is just for us to play really assignment sound football, a clean game, uh, and, just, and just let loose and just uh, have so much fun out there. You've been good at uh, at keeping big plays down against you, but man, uh, UW was explosive against Hawaii last week. Yeah, and then they put up a lot of points, and that's the kind of thing that we saw last year with them. You know, so this this team with with a strong arm quarterback and a very a skillful running back core, they can do it on on the ground and in the air. So uh, tackling is going to be important in the run game, and, and then in the uh, in, in pass coverage, we're going to have to get to the quarterback or. Uh, find ways to, to dis- disrupt the timing for, with his throws. And so uh, it becomes another another chess match for us. And, and I think for us just to have, a, you know, I think we have to be aggressive, but at the same time, like he said, he knows what, what he did uh, that he can learn from last year as a coach. And I think we're in a good spot. My job is just to keep reminding him what he already knows. <laughs> <laughs> They've played all their games at home so far. This is their first road game. Uh, the team you played last week was playing its first road game be a different thing when you take that team out away from home for the first time. Yeah, especially with our fan base and the energy that they bring to the to the team. I think we've mentioned this before that our players love playing for these fans and they want to win for these fans. And so uh, they gave us tons of energy last week. I'm looking forward to today. Uh, this 130 time, it's like the, the, the old school unis are back and uh, just kind of like, a, you know, flash to the past of what we were all about, you know, this time in the setting. And so uh, looking for a lot of great things to happen today and just like I said, just keeping the focus on enjoying 
the game, and then let's see what the end result is afterwards. Quick note about uh, uh, that USC team you beat last week when they hadn't got themselves a big win uh, last night. So you've kind of seen and answered challenges here in the first few weeks that have kind of been reflected elsewhere about how quality uh, your team uh, can be this year. I think the key for us is learning every week, you know, and, and getting better and trying to be at our best every weekend. Uh, I think we learned a lot from week one to week two and definitely a lot from week two to week three. And now this is a time for us to learn from week three to week four. And uh, as long as we keep that going, I think our guys are going to be fine. But uh, the concept of learning from last year's experience against Washington to this year and then learning from last week to now and all, and all the weeks before that and what we've done in camp, I think these guys have done an amazing job and the, and the coach has done an amazing job teaching. So let's see how much we've learned and see what happens. It's been three tough games so far, personnel-wise. You kind of hanging in? Yeah, we're doing fine. I mean, I think I think uh, we knew this would be a grind, and we had to le- rely on some depth. I've been really pleased with some of the depth that we saw that helped us win last week, and uh, we may have to call on some of our depth today. And if that's the case, I, I feel confident what I've seen from practice, and I think these guys are waiting for their, their, their anticipating their opportunity, and I think this is going to be a great chance for them to, to make some memories. Finally, uh, you already kind of referenced it, but uh, whether it's the uniforms or the end zones or, or the field design, uh, how does everything look to you today? Yeah, it's a lot of fun, <laughs> man. It makes me think of when I was a kid, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, man, just and seeing um, the great players that I admire so much, like Mo Eloanibi and Jason Buck and definitely Ty Detmer, you know, and Dewey Gray. Um, it's so much fun to have those guys here, and it, it makes me feel thankful that I grew up a BYU fan. All right, great talking to you in the pregame. We will talk to you afterward. Good luck today. Go Cougs. Thank you. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake bringing us to the Homie home field advantage, brought to you by Homie, who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homie's got your back, saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homie home field advantage. And today it's BYU looking for back-to-back home wins over a ranked team for the first time in the Kalani Sitake era. The first such win came last Saturday, 30-27 to over USC in overtime. Time for a break, and this reminder that title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our preview of the Cougars and Huskies rolls on right after this. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show, live from LaBelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Also by Utah Honda Dealers. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon once again, BYU football fans. We are live inside Lovell Edwards Stadium where this afternoon the nation's 21st and 22nd ranked team, the Washington Huskies, visits Provo. Huskies playing on the Cougars' home field for a fifth time all-time. BYU owns a 3-1 edge in games played here in Provo. I am Greg Rubel with commentary partner Riley Nelson in the booth. We are joined by stadium engineers Barry Squires and Michael Wimmer, statistician Ralph Sokolowski, spotter McKay Perry. Our pregame halftime postgame host is Ben Bagley in for Jason Shepard. While down on the field, we have former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting for us from the Zions Bank Enzo. 
For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The rest of our broadcast crew, consisting of BYU Radio Engineer Sean Faye, Coordinating Producer Terry South, Control Board Operator Tanner Rawl, as well as Broadcast Interns Nate Slack, James Havel, and Max Clark. You're listening to this broadcast live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. We're also on 89.1 FM HD2, as well as KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are on network affiliates in the Intermountain West and streaming live globally on the BYU Radio, the BYU Cougars, and the KSL Radio apps here in the stadium. You can listen to us on the BYU Game Day app exclusively. We are also streaming at byuradio.org and byucougars.com slash live radio. Here are our broadcast archives, commercial break free, along with highlights and interviews at byuradio.org and on the BYU Football Podcast. Got to have that. Well, at 2-1 and one on the season, uh, BYU is assured of ending its four-game P5 run to start the year with no worse than a 500 record. A win today, though, and BYU will head to G5 country at 3-1 and one, and likely in the top 25, or possibly in the top 25. Riley, what a difference a few weeks make. Uh, that season opening loss here at Lavelle Bridge Stadium was uh, a knockdown punch, but the Kooks got off the canvas for back-to-back wins. A third straight will require some doing indeed, but you know, BYU's banged up a little bit as well, and we'll see some extra players uh, down the depth be playing today, but they've already shown us a lot. The Cougars have. This team will battle. It will grind. In the last couple of weeks, they'll play turnover-free ball, at least they've shown, to give themselves a shot in the end. Completely, and that's something that it, against this opponent in, in uh, the Washington Huskies, that's something that must continue, and I imagine the pattern of a game, well, hopefully we can buck that we've went two overtimes, one overtime, and we can finish this one with a win in regulation, but I do expect it to come down to the last minute. It was interesting in the Kalani Sataki interview, he talked about learning from the game plans of previous coaches. That is one of the hallmarks of this team. First of all, it's the consummate team, and that, and that each of the players uh, know and assume upon themselves the responsibility that they could be called on at any time but also the coaches have not tried to to coach with pride or ego and establishing a system they've been extremely adaptable extremely flexible so much so that we've had the right game plan in place for the right opponent i think that the cougars have prepared adequately to put the right game plan in, in place against the washington huskies and it's about time to go out and execute as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues, thank you, Riley. We'll tell you that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal that BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. We are live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Coming to you from Lavelle Edwards Stadium with more of the Cougar Kickoff Show. Today, the Cougars hit the halfway points in their home field slate. After today, only three home games to play. BYU coming in 2-1 and one on the year, Washington 2-1. and, two and one. But the Cougars have faced the tougher schedule. All P5 opponents, UW has beaten an FCS team, a Mountain West Conference team, and in their only P5 game, the Huskies absorbed a Pac-12 opening home loss to Cal. So while Washington, Riley, is certainly good and arguably rankings worthy as they are, uh, they lost their only truly tough game, and they've yet to play a road game after what BYU's done in the last couple of weeks. A win today would be a mild upset, but uh, maybe not much more improbable than uh, wins in Knoxville or over USC. I would definitely agree with that. The one 
challenge or or the greater challenge here that I think against USC and Knoxville is the outlier with these Washington Huskies is Chris Peterson, who has an absolutely unprecedented record as a head coach, both in his time at Boise State and his time, you know, his last few years here at Washington. I know Cougar fans are well acquainted with him, but I I think there's a lot of things that the Cougars have working for them today. The the record against Washington in this stadium, the fact that Washington has replaced nine starters on defense, and they have a lot of other new pieces. While they're not inexperienced, they are new pieces on offense, and it is their first start on the road. You kind of get lulled to sleep when you start the game off with three straight home games. But today is a game I expect it to be a struggle, but in a good way. When you are trying to be the best and you're trying to establish yourself as a premier program on the landscape of college football, you want to play, play and beat quality opponents. That is the opportunity that's before this team today is to beat perhaps their their most quality opponent thus far of the season. And uh, if they can do it, they're going to get a lot of de- attention and deservedly so on the national scale. And then, Riley, of course, is also the, the fact that last time the Huskies were in the building, you were in the building, and BYU won that day. That's right. <laughs> that Similar situation. You, you, the- you had a little more to do with it in 2010 than you might have to do with it today. But that said... You were here, and they were here, and BYU won. You know, the vibes I'm putting off are pretty strong, yeah. so I'll take any credit anybody <laughs> wants to give me. But, no, similar scenario. That that year it was Jake Locker, who ended up being a first-round NFL draft pick. Uh, some people say Jacob Eason. He's definitely draft caliber, and some people are saying he's an early rounds guy. And our defense played tremendous that day, and our offense played really disciplined, sound football. I think the formula hasn't changed, even though we're nine years removed. What was Browning's first name? Was it Jake? Jake Browning. Jake Locker, Jake Browning. Jacob Eason, and the backup today is Jacob Simon. What is with the U-Dub and the Jakes? Yeah, if, you don't, if, you, if your name's not Jake, we're not looking at you. That's right. We are not looking at you. Break time again. Time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMindUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Today we're going with an NCAA football rules scenario and question. Here's the scenario. A ball carrier heads for the right-hand pylon at the goal line. At the two-yard line, he dives... And the ball is in his right hand as it crosses the sideline at the one-yard line and passes outside the pylon. The ball carrier then touches the pylon with his foot or left hand. Is this a touchdown? The answer next as the Cougar kickoff show continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so BYU and nationally ranked Washington coming up at the top, the bottom of the hour, just past the bottom of the hour. BYU looking to go 4-1 all-time in home games against the Huskies. Time now for the answer in today's NCAA football rules question in our UB the Judge feature brought to you by Legally Mine. A ball carrier heads for the right-hand pylon at the goal line at the two-yard line. He dives, and the ball in his right hand crosses the sideline at the one-yard line and then passes outside the pylon. The ball carrier then touches the pylon with his foot or left hand. Is this a touchdown? And the ruling out of the book is touchdown. The goal line plane is extended since the ball carrier touches the pylon. So you get to extend the line if that uh, situation transpires and you touch either at the pylon or in the end zone, you get the extended goal line. That's you be the judge brought to you by legally mine. Well, BYU's won 22 games under Kalani Sitake, and in 15 of them, the Cougs have come back, uh, come from behind at some point in the game to win the game. That's good. 
But the fact that BYU is so frequently trailing is maybe a bit of a concern. BYU tends to start slowly, and Washington has been lights out early. The Huskies have outscored the opponents 42-0, 42-0 in the first quarter of this season. Something to watch here today. Another thing, the turnover battle, of course. BYU so far this season, it's been uh, decisive in both of BYU's games. Both the Cougs and UW actually have both won both of their turnover-free games and lost the one game in which they were minus in the margin. I think that that's definitely something that we want. It's becoming a common theme for the for this BYU football team, and really it's a theme across the college football landscape. But that it will especially be important in this game. And as important as it is for, I, I want the BYU offense to start fast today, so even if Washington does continue this trend of scoring a lot of points, at least they can break the ice and score some first-quarter points. In other words, answer the bell or answer the scratch against this UW team. Uh, I will say this, as I've, as I've watched this team on film, this uh, UW team on film, it is not the same opponent that we faced last year. Perhaps the same level of athleticism, but not nearly the level of execution. And execution has been the hallmark of basically since the fourth quarter of the Tennessee game has been the hallmark of this BYU offense. So one of those things has to give, and uh, I expect the, this game to get out of the shoots quickly and us to see some scoring. You're listening to the Cougar Kickoff Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up, more from Riley Nelson, and we hear from sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens as our preview of BYU and Washington continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU and a UW coming up here in Provo. One of the challenges of BYU's front-loaded schedule is the physical toll taken when facing four consecutive P5 programs. The opponents can be bigger and stronger. The hits can be a little harder, and your depth can get tested in a hurry. And it's not about just one game. It's more like the the stretch of games week to week. So it is today that uh, BYU will be shuffling the deck a little bit on defense. A handful of players could be out. We'll see exactly who is out. We've seen warm-ups, and some were held out of warm-ups. Some were game-time decisions. We'll keep an eye on that. When we give you uh, personnel groupings at the start, you'll see uh, who might not be playing today. Uh, but uh, offensively, uh, the team's more or less intact. Defense has taken some hits. Offense, more or less solid. But the overall offensive numbers, maybe not totally spectacular uh, right now at present. It is likely uh, that the numbers improve as the P5s maybe drop off the schedule. And I'm going to get Riley's thoughts on this situation after we take you down the field level for our national anthem with the Cougar Marching Band. Uh, back to what we chatted about uh, before the anthem. Uh, the defense personnel may be down a little bit due to injuries. Offense more or less healthy. 
Uh, and maybe this is a day, Riley, as a result, where the offense has to do maybe just a little bit more. And it's tough to do against a team so good uh, on defense as Washington is. But uh, that is the healthier side of the ball right now. Yeah, I may be I may be a little bit biased as I played offense, but I believe people love to see points. And uh, <laughs> there's some fellow Cougar fans out there that want to see an offensive explosion. It I think it can happen today, and I'll say in a minute why. But credit Ben Bagley for this for this stat in our earlier pregame show. There it has been 59 straight games uh, that Washington has not allowed more than 35 points. And so, but I would love and think the this. BYU football team can be the team to break that. And if they get to 35, I absolutely love their chances. Now, I said I like their chances. The reason why this is the fourth straight week that they are playing a team whose base defense is man-to-man coverage. So not only do they have three live game reps against quality opponents playing man-to-man coverage on the secondary, but also this makes four weeks of preparation. So the volume of reps, the comfortability with the game plan and the playbook against man-to-man coverage is one to where today could be the tipping point for some extreme production. All right, that is Riley Nelson. Let's bring in now our sideline guy, Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you and Mitch. We were together last year in Seattle when the Huskies manhandled BYU. It was 35-0 before the Cougars scored a late TD to avoid the shutout. Uh, these are now different teams in different places perhaps, but for the BYU players who were there at Husky Stadium, there has to be an appeal to their pride. I'm reminded of how Wisconsin whipped up on BYU in 2017. A year later, the Cougs turned the tables. Yeah, you're exactly right, Greg. You know, I don't, I don't think you can ask for a better setup coming into this game. There are a couple things I want to hit on that that can prove to be the reasons why BYU can win this game after such a difficult loss last year to Washington. Number one, the offense seems like they've figured things out. Um, Not only from a player standpoint, but Coach Grimes seems to be in a groove with mixing things up from a play-calling perspective, and the offense is executing on a very high level. Um, The second thing, they've they've exceeded expectations so far. So going 2-1 in the first three games can now play, you know, these players can now play loose and relaxed with not much pressure, and they can come in, and and that proves to be when players are relaxed and loose that they can perform and execute to the best of their ability. Um, And then the third thing, you know, I think home field advantage is going to play to BYU's favor today after last week against USC. They know how to win at home against big games. And then you tack on these uniforms and this experience. I think there's going to be adrenaline tonight that, or sorry, today, that's going to be, you know, second to none and, and, and play in BYU's favor. Mitch, thank you. Good stuff. Riley Nelson's keys to the game. The coin toss and opening kickoff coming up next. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.